Praise the Lord. Good evening, church, and welcome again this evening to the Bible study for today. Um, it's always a privilege for us to continue in the study of the Word for edification, for instruction, for direction, for strength, hope, and life. And I believe today's study again will be a blessing um, as we all behold together with an open face the glory of the Lord, which is both the Word and the Spirit, that we might be changed and become transformed from one level of glory to the order even us by the Spirit of God. Therefore, I welcome you all this evening to this time in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, tonight, we're going to be going to the study of the Word, and I'm excited every time I open the page of the Holy Scriptures because it brings hope, it brings help, it brings strength, it brings life, and it helps us to see the plan of God for us on this side of eternity and also when we see him face to face. Before we go on tonight, let's bow our heads all to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this privilege to come together as a family to behold your face, your counsel, your purpose in your word. Lord, you've set before us tonight a table and we'll feast, we'll learn in the name of Jesus. Thank you because everyone that hears me tonight, hope is kindled. Life is restored. Yokes are broken. Bondages are destroyed. Visions are made clearer. Blind eyes are open. Because the entrance of your very word give it light and understanding to the simple. Your word is quick and active and is sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, let your word pierce us tonight. Let your word divide tonight. Let your word, Lord, separate tonight. Let your word accomplish that which, Lord, you've designed it to accomplish. That at the end of this study, your name shall be glorified and praised. For we act with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. And everybody say with me tonight, Amen. And Amen. And Amen. Praise God. Um, if I had the privilege of seeing us physically, I would have asked us to, or asked one or two persons tonight to remind us um, of our our main point in the last class. What was the highlight of the of the last class? And, but because I cannot um, see us, and um, um, but for the purpose of 
this study and um, for the constraint of time I will do a, a few minutes recap and then we're gonna move quickly to the thoughts we have to share tonight we've been studying the book of Romans this will be the fifth or sixth month just like the angel Gabriel told Mary that Elizabeth your, your, your cousin is in her sixth month <laughs> We are in our fifth month or sixth month now. I wouldn't know exactly, but we've taken some time studying through the book of Romans. Um, this is our fifth month, and um, it's been interesting thus far. We began in the month of March, um, March 3rd, precisely, and up to today, I think 14th or 15th, I don't know, of July uh, 2022. So, it's been interesting and we, 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 it's been a great time of opening and studying the Word. You see, one of the ways of which the Bible is studied is that we study the Bible, we study the Bible um, by books, by, by individuals, character, by topics, you know, and, and, and all sorts. But we've chosen to take the book of Romans um, by chapters and, and by verse. And we've come thus far with the idea of the Lord revealing to us something very important. The, the basis of justification. That's what we've been looking at and that's the, the, the theme that runs through the book of Romans. In particular from chapter 1 to chapter 11. And from chapter 12, we see the Apostle Paul writing, Therefore, I beseech you, that means on the basis of the teaching and the treatise from chapters 1 through 11, therefore, this is what you should now do. Um, we see the Apostle Paul really emphasizing from chapter 1 through 5, where we are now, the the joy of being justified the joy of being justified many people in church don't understand the joy of redemption which is called the joy of what salvation the greatest testimony of any christian is the testimony of redemption And that is the reason that the Lord our God sent his son, Jesus, to the world to die. John 10, 10, the Bible says, For the thief cometh but for to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So every act of theft, spiritual theft, um, spiritual destruction, physical destruction, and death, it's not of God. It's Satan. Anytime you find misery, you find hopelessness, you find you find men giving up, you find men, you know, you know, when you hear men say, I'm tired, I'm fed up. Why? Because things are not working the way I expect them to work. Then I, I want to end it all. You, you don't end what you didn't start. Hallelujah. For no one can produce life by himself. 
Jesus said, For as the Father had life in himself, so he has given the Son to have life in himself. And the Son had given everyone that believed in him life. Say, I have life. Hallelujah. Say, I have life. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. We have been made free. Praise God. We are free. The church is free. You see, demons know the church is free. Satan knows the church is free. And it's expedient the church itself know it's free. And why are we free from 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 the world system folks there's a world system and the world system can never take the place of the kingdom colossians chapter 1 verse 12 and 13 it says it says giving thanks to the father who has who has made us meet to be to be partakers hallelujah Partakers, listen folks, no matter what you go through on the earth today, you are a divine partaker of the inheritance of the saints in Christ Jesus. For God himself has what? Has translated us from the kingdom of darkness. So the kingdom of darkness is ruling this world. But we are no more in that kingdom. We are now in the kingdom of God, which is of light. That's the joy of the church. That's the joy of the believer. So no matter what the world throws at you, you are an overcomer. Amen. A song is coming to my heart. I, I don't know it. It says we overcomers in this earth. We will be made victorious by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Amen tonight. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus was eager to go back to the Father. That's why the Apostle Paul will say, I, I am caught betwixt two. Peter will say, I want to go, but for your sake, let me stay for a while. Let me put you in remembrance before I'm taken away. That's inheritance of the saints. That's a joy. That's a joy. So our joy is not based on what we have. Our joy is not based on cars. Our joy is not based on houses. Because if joy is based on those things, then the wealthiest men on earth today will be full of joy. But you and I know that wealth doesn't bring joy. It is Christ that brings eternal joy. And so the Apostle Paul was explaining in context now to the Jews in Rome and the Gentiles in the church. The blessedness of being justified. Of being, of being accepted by God. It's a privilege for God to accept you. Romans 1.16 I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ which was preached to you and I on which we are saved for it is the power, the, 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 the authority, the, 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 the power of God unto what? 
unto salvation to all that believe, to the Jews, to the Gentiles, for therein is what? The righteousness of God. And of his Christ is revealed from faith to faith. As is written, the just shall live by faith. So if there's one means by which God's own righteousness is revealed, is by the gospel. And therefore, we all have God's righteousness. Praise God tonight. And therefore, we are accepted in the beloved. So don't seek your identity from, from, from social media. Don't seek men approval from TikTok. Don't seek men to validate your beauty from, from Facebook. Don't seek men to, to know your spiritual from posting things on your status, on your DP, on your wall. No, no, no. And, 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 and people say, ah, ah, friend, you are doing well. No, no, no. That's not where you accepted. You've been accepted where? In the beloved. By who? By God. Glory to God tonight. Hallelujah. Some who says someone is more beautiful than I. You know, my two little children. One made a hair, one didn't make a hair, and the one that didn't make a hair is her own fault too. But she'll be complaining that I'm not beautiful like my sister. My sister has made a hair. Who asked her, who told you not you can't make your own hair? Hallelujah. And so there's conflict. You know, sometimes some people feel that they're not beautiful, they're not vulnerable, they're not, they're not attractive. Uh, and and it's, a, it's a subtle thought. No, folks, let no one tell you that. For you are wonderfully and fearfully made. You have the Spirit of God residing in you. You are more of high value than sparrow. So Paul is saying to us here, by God's spirit, the, 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 the foundation for, for justification. Because the Jews laid a standard. And God has come to remove that standard, that barrier. He has made it equal to all. That all can be accepted of him. They say, until you follow the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. Paul said, no. There's no barrier. Let no one put a barrier on your life. Let no one put an embargo on your life. And you yourself, don't put a barrier on your own life. Don't let anybody define you. Doesn't want, let, let no one tell you that because you are of this tribe, you have no consequence. That's what they will tell you that, that because you have this talk, then, then you can't make it. Let no one tell you that it's not your time, that you, that you aspire for greatness. If it's not you, then who? Amen tonight. Let's start reading tonight from Romans chapter 5. Let's pick it up from here and see the mind of God revealed to us. Romans 5, I want to read two verses before we go to the concluding part of Romans 5 that we are on and take it from where we stop. Romans 5 verses 11 through 13. Um, um, uh, because this is the basis of, 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 of our... This will be where I will spring from to now explain to us what Paul meant in verses 20 and 21 of Romans 5. But remember in the last class, the apostle says, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. 
verse, verse 2. But not only so, we also rejoice in tribulation. You see, the church, God says to us that our glory needs to fall. We are glory because we are born again. We also should glory when we are persecuted because of Christ. Amen tonight. We established that fact so much in the last class, that Tuesday's class, that one of the things the church should anticipate is that the moment you live for Christ, you will be vilified. Because your life is in opposition to the world. You are light. The moment you come on the scene, darkness begins to scream. So if darkness is smiling, that means you have no light. So don't expect the world to love you. Don't expect the world to like you, folks. Don't expect the office to, 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 to like your, your godly stand. Don't, don't expect your colleagues to, to clap for you when you do right. Except if they themselves are doing right. Bottom line, Paul says, no compromise. Jesus said, if they hated me, you know what Jesus Christ said? I mean, John said in John 1, he says, For the world loves darkness more than what? Light. That's why they will fight the light. So, one of the packages of salvation is persecution. Please note it down. Let me give you this small story. In the year 2007, I was working, that was um, when I came back from youth service. I had, there were these people in the office that were working, and the mindset of work was the master sells, he doesn't sell, the money of the laborer will be complete. It's in those days, these days, if master doesn't sell, the laborers have no work. After all, today, also at home because the, the master has no money. Amen. But I said in my heart, no, I will work. They said, no, you can't work. I said, ah, we signed contract to work. So I will go out and work. And when I come back, they will have sat down to mock me. And I, and I was wondering, why will employees be mocking a fellow employee for doing the right thing and these three men or the three people were Christians one of them was an assistant to an archbishop no okay one of them was 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 a PA to a major prophet yes that's all I can say in Nigeria if, if you mention two bishops in Nigeria You'll be right. That man was the PA of that man for a while, but he has not been PA. So he's someone that should know. So I'm 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 quoting it. But they were they would laugh me to scorn. If at one day they brought me a bucket, I should cry in the bucket. That why am I crying for that? I said, ah, for heaven's sake, we are employed to work, we signed that we work. Why you know what you say? Well, it's not. I was persecuted not for doing the wrong thing for doing the right thing and at that time I didn't even know much if I know much I'll have been rejoicing 
that I'm being persecuted because I'm following scripture. So you must understand that the moment you, you incline your heart to righteousness, the world will hate you. There are some dress that your friends doing a party would say you should sew, that you can't sew it. Instead of saying that one, you sew boo-boo. They will laugh you to scorn. Enjoy your boo-boo. Amen. Enjoy your isolation. You are being quarantined from, from global and, and demonic infection. So we, we, we know that spiritually the Christian must, must accept the top of the Bible. Put your hands where, where you are. Let me read Romans 5 again, verse 2. Through him we also have access by faith into this remarkable state of grace in which we firmly and safely and securely stand. Let us rejoice in our hope and the confident assurance of experiencing and enjoying the glory of our great God, the manifestation of his excellence and power. Verse 3, and not only so, but with joy, let us exult in our sufferings. Now, let me read that for you in the, in the NKJV. It makes some sense. It says verse 2, through whom we have access by faith, into this grace in which we stand. That means every Christian have access by what? By faith. And right now, we stand in the glory of God. And rejoice. See the word now? And rejoice in the glory of God. So every time you wake up, rejoice in the fact that you have and you know God. He says, let not the, the, the wise one, Jeremiah says, let not the wise one rejoice or, or glory in his strength. Let not the rich glory in his riches. Let not the strong glory or rejoice in their, in their strength. But he that rejoices or he that glory, let him glory in this one fact. This one fact that he knoweth God. Someone say amen tonight. So God says, one thing that you should rejoice and glory about is how you know him. Romans 14, 17. He said, for the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but in what? Righteousness, in peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So let not your Christian experience be defined by things in the world. Let it be defined by the promise of the Father. Let not your business experience be defined by the challenges you go through. By the persecutions that you go through because of the sake of Christ. Let not your Christian experience be defined by those who reject or ostracize you because of your faith. Jesus said it will happen. Verse 3 says, And not only rejoice in the hope, we also glory or rejoice in tribulation. So one package we should know for the church is this, folks. Remember it. Expect it. When it comes, we are supposed to rejoice in it. And so Paul began to build on this thought. And come with me tonight to um, um, Romans um, 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 5. Let's read verses 11 through 13. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation or the atonement. 
You know, one of the things that, that we're not taught is that we've been, our sins have been atoned for. We've been reconciled to God. Someone say amen tonight. And that knowledge alone should birth in you joy. Joy like a river. Hope that never fades away. And this hope will become an anchor for your soul. You see, the anchor means anchors are let down because there's a possibility of storm on the high sea. For we are in the high sea of life. We are pilgrims. The anchor that stabilizes us is the knowledge that we know that what will be what reconciled to God. That alone is a stability for you. Hallelujah. So we see here that he's saying that we've received the reconciliation or the atonement. Verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin and thus death spread to all men because all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. So we come to a point now where the issue of sin comes up because the Jews or the, the Jews here were, 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 were thinking that they were, they were more righteous than the Gentiles and that they are not under sin for, for you know when Jesus was speaking to the, to the, to the, to the Pharisees and, and, and he told them in John 8 that you are of your father the devil he said no we are not born of fornication that means we are not of the stock of the Gentiles. We are from the core root. He says, no, ye are of your father, the devil. Wow. That should embarrass them. Because no one had ever told them that. In their illusion, they had all things working for them. But they didn't know that they were actually, 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 actually out of the will of God. So, Paul is saying here, both the Jews and the Gentiles are actually under sin that comes by the law. But hold on now. From the last place we are in tonight is verse 20 and 21. So, go quickly to verse 20 and 21. Moreover, the law entered that the offense or sin might abound. So, Paul is saying, what is the purpose of the law? Because the Jews trumped the law. And Paul said in chapter 3, what then is the advantage of what? Of the law. So the law had its advantage. It says in Galatians chapter 3, that the law was our, our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Now that faith has come, there's no more need for the law as a guide to Christ. Galatians chapter number 4, it says, it says, and here, as long as he remained a child, is not different from what? A slave. But is kept under tutors, under governors, until the time appointed of the father. is making allusion to what the law has done until Christ came. Romans 10 verse 4, it says, Christ is the end of the law to all that believe it, to the Jews and to the Gentiles, unto what? Unto salvation. So he's trying to clarify to the church here and the Jews here and by extension to us ourselves now that grace 
has come and all said. So verse 20 says of Romans 5, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abound, grace abound much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Christ Jesus. So now tonight, what is the point here that Paul is saying that um, 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 the law was given for? Now, I have four points tonight. I'm, I'm going to run quickly. Um, the purpose why the law was given. Now the first one here is that the law was given to show there will be one, one judge, the lawgiver. You see, whenever there's a law, it means there's a lawgiver. And the lawgiver will ultimately judge the violator of the law. So when God gave the law, God was telling us in, in advance that he is the lawgiver and every lawgiver will ultimately judge according to the provisions of what of the law James chapter 2 James 2 tonight let's turn there the epistle James 2 we read one verse there. Hallelujah tonight. Okay. Don't go to James 2. Let's turn to James 4. James 4 first. James 4. Let's read verse 12 of James 4. Hallelujah. James 4, 12. It says, There is one lawgiver. Who is able to save and to destroy? Who art thou that judgest another? There's one lawgiver. Who is the one that will judge? But this same lawgiver is also able to what? To save. So Paul is saying here that in the process of redemption, the order of salvation, God gives the law that he may show for himself as what the lawgiver who is able to save and also to judge. So it means ultimately at the end of time there will be eternal judgment even though today God judge some people right now on the earth but ultimately there will be eternal judgment. That's why you don't you don't lose heart on people that are doing evil. No one that does evil will go scot free. It's only a matter of time. So there's one lawgiver who will judge and also is able to say. And that's what, 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 what this, this implies. So when the law comes, that means there's a, there's, there's, there, is, there is a responsibility to obey it. That's one. Two, as a consequence of the this showing a judge and a lawgiver, it also shows that there's a place for mediation. For mediation. You know, sometimes where there's a law, there's always interpreters of the law. 
The fact that a law exists shows that, that, that there were people that are experts of the law, that interpret the law and mediates in place of conflict when the law is violated or somebody's right is violated as contained in the principle and the spirit of the law. And and first Timothy 2 verse 5 says there's one God and one mediator. So as the law is being given, in consequence, God is saying, I will raise a mediator. But this was not so clear to the people of Israel. Remember in the Old Testament when when uh, Moses was you know brought the law from God he was the one that actually mediated and, and interfaced and, and settled disputes, you know, between people when the law is infringed. I remember a time came when his father-in-law Jethro came to visit him and said, Moses, you will kill yourself. These people are too many for you. Why not appoint elders and let them superintend over little matters? The ones that are heavier than them, it can come to so you can rest and have time to engage with God, to receive from Him, and 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 and, and bless the people. And when He said, "That's a good counsel," and Bible says Moses called for the elders. He called for seventy men in Israel and 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 laid hands on them, and they received the Spirit of God in them, and they were able to what mediate. So what was in essence is that, as I'm giving the law, He showed that in the Old Testament as a pattern. Of what will happen when Christ ultimately comes as a mediator. Praise God. But going forward, we don't only have one mediator. We have two in one. We also have the Holy Spirit also as a mediator or an advocate. John 16 verse 7 says so. Say, and the helper. That word helper in Hebrew is the word paraclete. And, and that word is a compound word that means advocate. So as Christ is advocating, so also is what? The Spirit advocating. That's why the Spirit of God is the agency of redemption. No one can get born again unless the Holy Spirit walks in their heart. Titus 3 5. For he does the washing and the renewing by the Holy Ghost. Hebrews 9, 13, 14. He said, and, 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 and Christ Jesus, after he has offered himself by, by, and, and, and his blood by the precious Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is, is involved. And this is what the Bible is saying here. So the, 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 the first point of note here, why the law was given, was to reveal one judge and one lawgiver. So the believer must know that ultimately everyone will be judged. Hallelujah. And of a day of reward, a day of reckoning. No wonder John, John, John the beloved said, in 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 Revelation 20 from verse 15, he said, he said, he said, on, on that day, he said, I saw, I saw a great bunch of people, both small and great, big, dead. They all rose up, rich and poor. They everyone stood before the throne of God. The day of judgment. Second reason why the law was given is to make sin obvious. 
to point to sin and reveal the unconquerable power of sin. Why did God bring the law to the people? Because he wants them to see that of their own, they cannot. And that's why year in, year out, they are always doing what? Offering sacrifice for sin every year. And, 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 and God is telling them, hey, no one, no one can by himself atone for his sin. So the law was given to point to sin. That's what we read in verse 20. The law entered that the offense of sin might be made obvious. Let me read that for us tonight in the Amplified Version. It says, Romans 5, verse 20. It makes some a little more clearer here. It says, But the law came to increase and expand the awareness of the trespass. Why did God give the law? To increase the what? The awareness of sin and trespass. James 2.10 if anyone keeps the whole law and stumbles in one, his what is guilty of all. And in the Old Testament, there are over 600 laws. Over 600 laws. If you keep all the law and stumble in just one, you are guilty of 600. That means you are condemned to death. The purpose of the law is God's love actually because of the law of God? God is, is like the, the, the law is a pointer to grace, it's God's torchlight to salvation. When men sin and sin and sin and sin and sin, is God is telling them that there's grace, there's grace, there's grace. Because of your own, you can't stop the nature for the nature of sin is a man, but 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 the law has come that he may expose sin. So the second reason why, why, why the law was given is to make sin sin and to, and to reveal sin. To reveal sin. To reveal the, the, the unconquerable power of sin by man. That means no man by himself can, what, can conquer sin except by grace. Amen tonight. And this grace is of Jesus. This grace can't be found in any man. It can't be found in Krishna. It can't be found in 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 in, in Confucius. Confucius. It can't be found in in Brahma or, or in Buddha. It can't be found in any man. Bible says in John one eighteen. It says it says it says for the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. Stephanie, full stop. So, the grace that rescues man from sin can only be found in Jesus. It can't be found in man. It can't be found in man's willpower. That's why no man by his own willpower can overcome sin. Have you seen people that make resolutions every year? Give them three weeks. It's gone. Have you found people that say, this is the last time I will smoke. I will smoke again. Give them one week. Why? Because it's not given to man by himself to be able to overcome. The means of overcoming sin is only by the grace of God. And God gave the law that man may know. The reason that you infringe on the law is because of sin. 
So sin is there to let you know that 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 the law is powerful. The law is there to reveal the shortcomings of man. So the law is given to make sin sin and reveal to man the the power of sin. Fourth point tonight. Why the law was given. And Paul will explain that in Romans 5. And he's telling this to the Jews. That are taught all this while. That they had the answers. You know there are some people today in church. They are attending church. But they don't, they don't know. They have not been taught these processes. They are not different from the Jews. That taught they know. Whereas they didn't really know much. And until a man comes by the way. Prescribed by scripture, he can't enter. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the door, I'm the good shepherd, I'm the light, I'm the bread. It's not meant to be confused. Point number three the law was given to reveal the need for a savior and the plan the savior has to redeem mankind. The law was given to reveal. The need for a savior. Know that Paul said in Romans 7. If you read first the part of it. He says, he says, he says. Oh wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Talk with that you like to Romans 7. Let's read verse 24. In fact from verse 23. But I see another law in my members. Warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is my word, members. You see that? Paul said, As I try to do right on my own, I see myself doing wrong, and I'm caught in betwixt. Somewhere I will right, but I I I I have no power to will the right. 24. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who will what? Deliver me. So, the purpose of the law is to reveal to us the need for a word, a deliverer. So, God is saying, I'm giving you the law to point to you that on your own strength, you can't. But I'm sending you a deliverer. A deliverer. So the moment Christ comes to your life, folks, you'll be what? Delivered. You'll be made free from the law of sin and death. You'll be made free from satanic oppression. You'll be made free from, from attacks. We are free. See what it says there. Let me read down. Who will deliver me from this body of what? Of death. I thank God through who? Through who? Jesus Christ our Lord. So who is the Savior that God has sent? Is who? Jesus Christ. And that's the reason. If you have him then you should be free in your mind. Don't be afraid of attacks. You know in our world today. Almost everything is attack. And that word attack. The, the attacking ministry is popular. Yeah, Satan is doing evil. 
But if we learn to abide in Christ and stay in the strength of God, no evil act of Satan can penetrate the fortress of God. So the reason, number three, that Paul is saying here that God gave the law is to reveal the need for a Savior and the plan of the Savior to redeem mankind perfectly. 2 Corinthians 5.19 To wit that God was in Christ Jesus. God was in Christ Jesus. This, this teaching is important for you to note so that you understand the, the, the whole counsel of God in redemption. So in, 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 in preaching, though you might approach, approach evangelism from, 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 from different angles, but you know the fundamental, you know the kernel of it. Just like Jesus Christ would preach redemption using different scenarios or parables. But the end game is that I am the way. And this is what this teaches about. So, so you, you are grounded in the, in, the, in the principles and the process of justification as it regards faith and grace. 2 Corinthians 5.19 To wit that God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world to himself. Amen tonight. And lastly, God gave the law to reveal a plan for a second covenant. Please note that. God gave the law to reveal his plan for a second covenant. There are two covenants. There's a first covenant, and there's a second covenant. The first covenant was a, a type of, of, what will, of, of what the second will, will, will be like. The first covenant is for one, one people, but the second covenant is for all people. Amen? The first one is for the Jews. The second one is for Jews and Gentiles. That's why if you read the, the, from, 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 the, from the New Testament, you keep, you keep hearing Jews and what? And Gentiles. Jews and Gentiles. Jews, because the second covenant is not for one race. It's for all peoples. The plan of redemption had been in the heart of God from the very beginning. Because Jesus Christ had been slain before the world was founded. So God has planned us to be saved. Amen tonight. He has willed it for you to be saved. He has willed it. Beloved, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should call the sons of God. First John 3 verse 1. He has willed it. He has proposed it. Ephesians 1 verse 4. According as God has proposed before the world were formed that we should be found in Him 
He has proposed it before the world were formed that we should be found in Him. That means our being found in Him is not a chance. It's not, he has proposed it before the world was formed. So say amen tonight. He has, he has ordained it to be so. Praise God tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That I have been in the heart of God before the world was formed. That I should be praised. I should bring glory to His matchless name. Ephesians 2 verse 10, for he has workmanship made in Christ unto God, which he has ordained before the world. So there are things that God had ordained before the world. But just that in due time he released his son to die for the sins of mankind. Hallelujah. Listen for me, folks. The beauty of the Christian faith is that we see as evidence. That Jesus died to take away the sin of the world. Because he's the Lamb of God. The, the, the only Lamb of God. And God has proven this by, by the resurrection from the dead. Why did he give the law? To reveal his plan for a second covenant. The first was to the Jews. The second was to the Jews and the Gentiles alike. That God might make twin or, 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 or make one of the two in Christ. Hebrews 8, tonight, talk with everybody. Hebrews 8, let's read verse 7 through verse 13 of Hebrews 8. Hebrews 8, verse 10 through 13. Hallelujah. Hebrews 8. Why did the law come? God was 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 speaking forth of the of the coming of the of the of the new covenant. Let me repeat it tonight. You see, verse ten says, "For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days." Share the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and shall be my people, and they will. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their righteousness and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. In that he said, a new covenant he had made the first old, now that which decayed and was get old is ready to vanish away. There's a need for a new covenant. And, 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 and as I close tonight, let me give you a, a brief um, 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 background story of how this scripture came about. You know, in that, 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 that we read now in, in, um, 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 in, in Hebrews tonight. You know, from, from, from the beginning, in Jeremiah chapter number 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 twenty-seven, we read of 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 Jeremiah coming with God's word to the king and said to the king, O king, thus saith the Lord, you shall go forth and serve Nebuchadnezzar until the time appointed for his punishment to come forth. Prophesy and and, and put on your neck. 
a yoke of bondage and said to the kings of Edom and all the kings of the five cities and including Israel that, that the king of Babylon shall come and take them as slaves. Jeremiah went forth and prophesied to the king. And he told the king, he says, Go, king, Jeconiah has been taken, but for you, do not listen to the false prophets that will come and tell you that, that God will deliver you. He says, God says he won't until the time appointed for the Balinazar's sin to be full. Verse 23 to 29. Bible says, And Hananiah or Hananiah the prophet rose up and countered the prophecy of Jeremiah and told them, Thus hear the Lord, God, God will deliver you, and the words of Jeremiah is false. And he took off the yoke of the neck of Jeremiah and smashed it. Define the words of God. And Jeremiah encountered Hananiah and told him, He says, You have lied to the people. You have given them false prophecy and given them false hope. Therefore, God will judge you, and in two years you will die. For he said, In two years, Nebuchadnezzar will bring back all the things he has stolen. He says, No, it's not so. Guess what? In two years he died because of the false prophet. Jeremiah 29 to 30, he will prophesy about what God is said to do. In verse 11, he says, God will bring you back, for he knows the thought, he thinks toward you, said God, of peace, not evil, to give you a future and a hope. That's where that word came from. And Jeremiah went back to Babylon and prophesied to Jeconiah and all the elders and the priests. He told them, marry and stay in this land, for you'll be in this land for 70 years. That was what the prophecy that Daniel saw and, and, and read and began to pray and recite to them that you will be here for seven years, thus yet God. But as he, as he progressed in his prophecy, he came to chapter 31 of Jeremiah. And from verse 31, he said, And God in those days will bring up a new covenant. And in those days, he will write the laws in your heart. He will raise a redeemer. He will raise a savior. And this savior will turn the hearts of men back to God. This is where that prophecy came from. And this is the background to, 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 to what that of Hebrews was quoting. God was revealing to them his plan for a new covenant. And that new covenant came by Christ so that no man can boast so all men can rejoice and key in to the provision of this grace for this grace is what we stand in and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God it's because of the token of this sacrifice and everyone who puts faith in Christ is redeemed. That's why if this outward man perishes, for indeed he shall what? He shall perish. But an inward man is renewed. The spirit is renewed. 
The only thing that renews the spirit of man in the hope of eternity is the finished work of Christ. And that is the good news. In today's world of so much uncertainty, in today's world of wars and rumors of wars, people need hope. People need assurance. People need help. And this help is not in philanthropy. This help is in Christ. There's a new covenant. People need the Lord. And you that have the Lord, rejoice in the fact that you know Him. Hallelujah. Someone says, there's a plan of some folks in the world to depopulate the world. Some folks say it's untrue. Some say it's true. But from all indication, it seems to be true. No wonder in the last five years, the top billionaires in the world, in the U.S. in particular, have been building a city underground. It's called Bunker Estates. So when the things they know in secret begins to happen, they have a place to run to. And those things are coming up today in the world gradually. COVID came, COVID couldn't do it as planned. And there are plan Bs, there are plan Cs, and there are plan Ds. And all this plan can be from God. It can only be from Satan. For the thief cometh for the kill to steal and destroy. But he is come that we may have life. And so the preaching of life must go in the world today, folks. And that preaching only can come by redemption in Christ Jesus. So for those of us who are born again, let's rejoice. And arm ourselves with, 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 with the truth. And put on the, the, the and shut our feet with the gospel of the preparation of the God of peace and walk everywhere and preach his hope. Satan today in the world is diverting attention everywhere. Let Christ be in our lips. For this is the hope that all men have. Therefore, having now been justified. By faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad you're born again? I'm glad I'm saved. I'm saved from the world. I'm saved unto God. I have peace. I have peace. In this world, there will be trials, tribulations, and tempests. But I rejoice and I'm of good cheer. For Christ has overcome the world. That is the good news of Christ. And so, let men not put barrier. Let's not close the door. How do we close the door over people when we don't preach? Or when we don't preach right? Or when we are afraid to proclaim it? We become like the Jews that put a stumbling block. But if we are to open the door, then we open the door in truth and invite all men to come to hear and escape for their lives. For there's danger ahead, but the only way of escape and of peace, true peace, lasting peace, 
true joy, lasting joy, true comfort, lasting comfort is Christ. And so rejoice in that you are saved. Rejoice in that you know him. Rejoice in that your sins are forgiven. And your sins have been atoned for. We've, we've enjoyed the reconciliation. And now we have hope in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Lift your hands where you are and give God praise. Thank him tonight. Give God praise. For he has counted you worthy to partake in this grace. He has, he has blessed you so much with all heavenly blessings in Christ Jesus. Give God praise tonight. For we are counted in the beloved. Hallelujah. So tonight you can have hope. You can have hope really. You can have hope. Take no thought for your life. What you eat, what you drink. Be anxious for nothing. I repeat, he says, be anxious for how many things? For nothing. But in everything. With prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request known to God and rest in him and the peace of God. Hallelujah. The peace of God that comes only to the children shall garrison your heart and your mind in the knowledge of God. If there are people on earth who walk in real peace, are believers. Peace, I live with you. My peace, give I unto you. Not like the word give it, give I you. I have peace. You have peace. So rest in the peace of God that comes from him justifying us by grace through faith in the blood. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight again. Thank you for the victory of the blood. Thank you for the hope of salvation. Thank you, for Lord, for putting us ahead and above all the challenges of the world. Because we've been justified by faith in Christ. You said those whom you foreknew, Those whom you predestined, you also called. Those whom you called, you also justified. Those whom you justified, you also glorified. Thank you because, Lord, we, you foreknown us. And your foreknowledge, Lord, you predestined us. And Lord, because, Lord, you called us. Lord, you justified us. And then, Lord, you glorified us. Every one of your children is glorified. And we walk in your glory even by faith. Thank you for rest. Every fear in the heart of the people is cast out. We walk in love. For perfect love casts out fear. There's no fear of death. No fear of disease. No fear of infirmity. No fear of depression. No fear of Satan. But our confidence in you, Lord, grows by the day in faith. We rejoice because every day is yours. Every day is yours. I will take every day for you, O God. As you strengthen us by faith. Thank you, precious Father. Thank you for the church at Oba and everyone listening. 
this word will energize, will add to our knowledge, and it cause faith in us to be increased. And so it shall be, and so it is. For prayer with thanksgiving tonight. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. And Amen. What a beautiful time to now studying the word. By next class, as next Tuesday, we'll start from verse, uh, sorry, chapter 6. It's going to be a beautiful time again to behold God's truth and build up capacity in the spirit and be strengthened by might in God. God bless you tonight. Have a pleasant night rest, everyone, in Jesus' name. Good night and God bless you all. Amen.